Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, Mim. Hey, Scarlett. Welcome back, guys. You're listening to Style Over Substance. We're just two friends talking about our experiences working inside the fashion industry and also our observations from outside the fashion industry. It's sometimes serious, but it's definitely always a good laugh. Always. We release new episodes every Tuesday. So subscribe on your favourite podcast listening platforms. Hey! Hello. We're trying something different. Yeah, I know. We're professionals. We're professionals. It's about time. We're about to hit 100 at, like in the next five, six episodes. So it's about know, time. But- it is. I mean, it's been a learning curve, to say the least. And hopefully, <laughs> hopefully this goes to plan and it looks good and it's entertaining. And I think it will be better because what I've always thought is because we know each other so well, when we're in discussion, I think mm-hmm. some of the meaning doesn't really come across unless we're on video. or yeah. So these are our mugs <laughs> for the visual people. Uh, for everyone else, hopefully the sound's a little bit better, but also it's kind of no different. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So I, don't, I don't have anything to drink this evening. I do, because A, I need to toast to my niece being born today. Yeah, um, congrats. So I will be getting crunk after this. <laughs> Are you going to see her? What's your fashion story? (laughs) (laughs) The sales of underwire bras over the past couple years has gone down. And so the company Bravissimo has reported a 30% drop in revenue in October of 2020 which is massive. Mm-hmm. And then um, it says in general, um, in 2020, from April through to June, bra sales alone seeing a 16% decrease. And I was thinking, we never really had an in-depth discussion yeah. about bras. We spoke a lot about, we spoke how- what, about elasticated clothing and athleisure, but we didn't talk about the fact that we don't want that underwire. I know. And it's such a, like, a massive part about feminine or effeminate clothing. It, like, underpins everything. Yeah. um, And how everything looks on you when you talk about clothes. And I'm not surprised that people have kind of ditched bras in general and also underwire bras. I don't know if it's, like, here to stay. What do you think? Do you think people are going to return to their old ways? So I have. But what you've returned to an I've returned to the underwire. It, it took me a long time, I'm gonna yeah. be honest. Like I'm someone I I sort of live in sort of if I'm just in the house, I would just have like a sports bra on or like a Calvin Klein like bralette on or something like that. Yeah. But day to day I've re I've readjusted. I think it took me like three months, if not more. And I think it took going into the office a bit more and having just to have no choice but to sit with it. I definitely now have like my comfier like day bras still. I'm like 
going to have yeah. for just for an eight hour slog. Um, but I have returned them. A, I really like underwear. Like you and like mm. we both really like our underwear. Like I wear underwear because I like it. I don't like as well as the fact that yeah, it's practical and it gives my boobs a nice shape and all of that stuff. Mm. Um, so yeah, but I totally understand that that feeling and that meme and all the thing of like that moment when you take your bra off and how it's like that. Have you seen the fern? And it's like, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. I get it. Um, and I just think also we're just dressing different. Everything's different. Our attitude is different. If we haven't returned to a five-day working week, why should everything else return the same? We've got a different level of, of I don't know, appreciation for what the comfort in life could be. Mm, yeah. Um, well, full disclosure, we still work five days a week. We just, you know, not in the office. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I agree. Like, when it was locked down, for me, I went weeks without a bra. Yeah. Like, I was just wearing T-shirts. And there's, so there's, like, a study, isn't there? And it's, it's, I think it's a wives' tale, and I don't think it's founded. But there's different studies that say that actually not wearing a bra improves elasticity in your boobs. Mm. It's not founded, like, you know. Yeah, but then there used to be that, like, idea that if you don't wear one, then they'll sag even more. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's it's either or. Like, you've heard that if you support them, it prevents gravity a bit more. But then also, yeah. if you don't wear one, actually, they naturally lift. It's, so, yeah, I think it's really... It's just, just comfortable. <laughs> they're going to sag with age, yeah? And not really down to whether you wear a bra or not, I think. But... Yeah, I haven't, as you said, like, we both love underwear. We've got quite expensive underwear as as well. And I haven't bought underwear in such a long time because, well, I bought knickers, but, like, nothing, no bras really at all because I kind of feel like if I can get away with not wearing one, I will. And secondly, I have enough to last me for a good while. I don't need to add to the collection. So... Yeah, I think you're right. Like, sports bras, Calvin Klein kind of sets or, like, bralettes things is what everyone's going for. But I think those figures of, like, 30% down is massive. That's huge. Yeah. Absolutely huge, yeah. Wow. What is your fashion story? So my fashion story is, I don't know if you've been following Bow Babe, Deborah James um quite a high profile she used to do the podcast you mean the big c and she's a lady who's currently dying of bowel cancer yeah but she had in the works a range within the style and so she set up a fund when she found out that she was moving to hospice care Mm -hmm. um the bowel babe fund and part of then her in the style range got expedited forward so that she could see some Mm -hmm. of the benefit and see people's reactions and mm-hmm. she did a t-shirt that says rebellious hope and that's how she tried to live with cancer is having like a rebellious hope that things can be better or like you need something don't you to get you through the day and yeah. um, and i bought one of these t-shirts and i think all of the profits basically went towards charity i think it was a minimum of three pounds per t-shirt uh-huh. and i think they've raised something like five hundred thousand pounds for the fund and and I just thought we give these websites and funnily enough we're going to talk about one today a lot of shit yeah. and then the style is no difference to me that is like a boohoo.com that is a great thing. thing it's same difference you know uh, it's just it's probably from the same factory but I just thought the fact that they used their platform for good um and granted of course like they're gonna get something they got great publicity out of it it's not it's nothing off their nose mm-hmm um but yeah i just thought that was really really cool and it was really impressive to see yeah i think it is really heartwarming and good for them to have like the forethought to like pull everything forward so that she can kind of have her moment and see this is one of her sadly like her big projects one of the last ones she will get to do um so yeah i think that's it is a nice it is a nice touch and 
it's weird, isn't it? Because we sit here and we criticise all these brands all the time. And we recognise there is a very thin line between fast fashion and ethical fashion and all of that. And it's a very tricky discussion in the world mm. of the fashion industry. Um, but then you can also kind of like think, oh, they're just, they're just doing this to like make them look better. But at the same time, I want, you know, I want these T-shirts to sell and fund money for a really good cause and to support her as a person. So you feel a bit conflicted, don't you? <laughs> yeah, and I had to download their app to buy one and, you know, like all of this stuff. And she had a range as well. And I kind of couldn't bring myself to want to support that range. Mm-hmm. Um, and also it's like it's that careful thing right of we have this with influencers just generally they're not buying something just for the sake of it to own something because of it and I know this is for a better cause but a I donated to her fund and I've bought this t-shirt and I'm sure I will donate like in the future or whatever and mm-hmm. um, to various things but I just yeah it's sort of it's them doing a good thing and you know what maybe they had the foresight as well apparently it was like six months in the making this collection but maybe they had the foresight of what was happening to their good old friend that we're discussing later to know like shit's hitting the fan if we don't start doing certain like special projects or if we don't like buck up and show that we're more than just fast fashion like we might not be here for much longer We interrupt this broadcast to say, go follow us on Instagram. Our handle is at Starloves of Substance Pod. There you'll find our weekly fashion topics, all the stuff that we discuss in each episode, and our polls. Or reach out to us at styleoversubstancepodcast at gmail.com for new suggestions of topic discussions or even to share your own fashion stories. We also have a YouTube channel, Style Over Substance Podcast, if you'd rather listen to our episodes over there. Back to the episode. And that is a good segue (laughs) into this week's topic, because... Mm. This week it was announced. This week, last week was announced. Last week, that um, our bestie, misguided, Mm -hmm. had gone into administration essentially, and was on its last legs. And then all of a sudden, the Fraser Group, owned by Mr. Sports Direct, has bought it, Um, and. That came right after the news, and I'm not saying they're linked, but it's all part of a different, a, a wider discussion. It came after the news that Love Island was ditching all of its fast fashion kind of sponsors. So things like In the Style, Boohoo, Misguided, um, all these other ones that crop up year after year, um, that essentially sell the same kind of party wear. Um, they ditched their links to fast fashion in favour of linking up with eBay. And we talked about it, and we kind of sang its praises and said it's a it's a step in the right in the you know the right direction. Yeah. Um, and so we were kind of shocked about this. And actually, the way I found out about this news was from our friend to the pod and former guest Epiphany, mm. and she posted about how misguided was in trouble and that's kind of like speared us to do a little bit of digging so i say all that to say this is this week's episode yeah so they were reportedly millions in debt okay um and so i think i guess for a bit of context we obviously know that famously Topshop has recently gone under and I can't remember if that was this side of the pandemic or in the middle or when it landed. No. Think, uh, oh my God, a bag fell. <laughs> <laughs> too many. That really shook me. Um, 
But anyway, these companies had just about survived the pandemic, misguided had, and fast fashion was becoming relevant again. And like, let's let's be honest, the people who did it before are still doing it now. And there's more people aren't turning down plans. Like one of my work colleagues, he is out every weekend, like killing himself because I think he's just so happy that the pandemic is over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's just like, my liver's not happy, like whatever. But best life. But life is for living. Mm. Um and so like a hundred percent there are girls out there buying into their fast fashion and just we've also just gone back to our old ways as humans do and yeah. we don't look back, we just keep going. Um so it's a real surprise that misguided of all of the websites, because like you said, or we were saying for me they're interchangeable yeah yeah yeah. like why misguided and misguided was huge like they had their little weird little premium collection they had sports they'd sell makeup bits on there like it was everything and so like the fact that it's not in the style i know obviously pretty little thing with molly may now like that's probably not in danger but like it's not boohoo Mm -hmm. it's it's not shein or however you say it it's I don't know, Nasty Gal or whatever it is. Well, Nasty Gal went under, didn't they? And then they got bought So Nasty Gal and... used to be an expensive website and then they rebranded as Fast Fashion. Yes. They used to be really expensive. I used to not be able to afford to shop on there. And I remember influencers telling me about it and being like, can't afford that website. Yeah, because they did the kind of vintage inspired, I think they probably, yeah, vintage inspired, which they kind of do now, but they do it in a much cheaper way than they did it before. Um, but yeah, I remember that. Um, yeah. Things are getting back to normal and we are going out. We're not like going on holiday as much, partly yeah. because chaos at the airports and with these airlines, which is physically stopping us from leaving the country <laughs> when, when we plan to. But I think we're just getting back to like travel mm-hmm. and booking holiday plans and things. And maybe everyone's buying their holiday looks and returning them now because they can't go anywhere. They can't do jack shit abroad. And that is essentially what misguided this hair for. It's like, it's like cute throwaway holiday looks. Um, but yeah, I, I was surprised as well because remember during lockdown and everything, there was this phenomenon going on where these online focused fast fashion businesses were making a killing. Yeah, there was this really crazy phenomena during the pandemic where none of us were going anywhere but these companies which were you know fast fashion companies which were like online focused were making a killing Mm -hmm. because they had the advantage of being able like you were able to shop them throughout the whole pandemic have things delivered and so all those like companies like maybe next or whatever that is like more a high street thing they were missing out and people were just buying online as if like they had places to go because they were planning for the future the post-pandemic world those holidays like that aspirational fashion that we talked about Mm -hmm. like we were planning like and like think when ace like i think i'm saying asos because that's where i shop i don't shop on these other websites but when it was like Freedom Day, and then yeah, there's like yeah. the Freedom Day edit, and then it's 20% off for Freedom Day, like all of this shit. Um, yeah. So, like, Misguided was part of that. And yeah, I just, I don't know how it got so bad. It must, it must be like mismanagement. And from what I've kind of read on like The Guardian and whatnot, they kind of hint at that because. When you're making so much money and your brand is so ubiquitous for like, like really young millennials and like Gen Z, and that's your demographic, I just don't see how you can go from being like a big household name to like going into liquidation in such a short. I don't know. It's, well, that's that's what happened with Topshop, right? Is we obviously just didn't get the full picture. And then we just suddenly got told when it was clearly too late and either investors or management have just declared like, this this isn't salvageable. We've got too many debts. We've got too many debtors. Like all of this stuff, like like, the jig is up. But yeah, it's just kind of mad that it's a differential. But also, so 
what now has been coming to light as well is that loads of customers just hadn't been receiving their orders. Their returns hadn't been processed. That's like all this like stuff going on. So they're being sloppy even in the face of this. So like, have they already let workers go? Like, how does that work? And then it got bought for so cheap. By yeah, 20 Starbucks. mil. 25 mil. Like, that is chump change for the fact that like, you know... Yeah, so like let's be honest, Molly May is probably earning what like a million pounds a year from Pretty Little Thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So like twenty five mil to buy misguided is mental. Like yeah, it's so really... cheap. The thing is, um, Sports Direct don't buy what we would understand to be the whole business. They yeah. tend to buy the license yeah. so that they can trade under that name, and they like buy the stock on. You know, they kind of. I think they try to buy as little as possible <laughs> they did they do that with um was it actually boohoo.com that bought warehouse yeah they literally just bought the name yeah operate it under a new website it's website only there's no warehouse stores anymore mm-hmm. and it really does feel like fast fashion whereas before it kind of felt a little bit premium high street a bit more yeah um but yeah you're right and the uh, the reason why I believe they saw this coming is because they had debts and you know you've got debts it's no surprise it creeps up onto you like quite slowly um and they knew that they wouldn't be able to fulfill orders I think because say they've placed an order for a million units of a bikini top if they're not going to pay then their suppliers are going to start withholding you know uh, supplies and orders and all of that they're going to kind of hold the, the stock hostage and the people are going to like continue to order and I think that's what's happened they've they've kind of promised things that they can't pay for and can't back up and as a result they've they've taken people's money but there's no way of actually fulfilling these orders and I think that's criminal um, oh, for sure. But this is the, this is the issue, right? With the um, with the fast fashion model and the fashion model. I think. I mean, if you're a long time listener, I described this before at somewhere I've worked, where if you grow really fast, you then have to hire really fast and then you have to buy so much more fabric and you have to like everything is massive and then if that dwindles you don't immediately get rid of all that staff because you kind of think it's going to pick back up and you kind of think i'll keep the orders as they are and if it then just doesn't keep picking up and so you're sort of like oh we owe people because you know we we actually didn't do that and we keep owing yeah. And then you get yourself in this position, but because you had that name at one point of having 10,000 orders, it's like you probably were thought you were good for it and all of this stuff. Um, so, yeah, it's, I, the fashion model's really tricky. There's a reason that, like, none of the companies I've worked for previously exist anymore. Like, mm. fashion is a tough game and it is so fickle. Um, and I read that, asos and boohoo were in the running or in talks of buying them out too um but a like asos is not doing well yeah it can't be over the last i think three weeks it has had 20 percent off at least five times like and it had it for like the whole um a whole weekend it then had it in just that run up for the bank holiday it just does something like a random evening and that is not a brand that's doing well. That they, mm. It used to be like gold dust to have your student card or to get any form of a discount on there. So mm. That just shows how tough this game is. And it's what? ASOS is one of the most famous websites now in the world for yeah. fashion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember th- about three years ago, or maybe a bit, a bit more than that, um when I was working at a previous brand and one of my colleagues knew people who worked at ASOS and loads of them were getting let go. And this was pre-pandemic. Yeah. Um, Loads of people were losing their jobs there and it was really quite unstable. Like if you'd recently joined, it it could have been a situation for you where you were like lost in first out. And so 
I remember thinking to myself, oh, don't apply for jobs there. Or don't interview yeah. there because it's a little bit fickle at the moment. Um, and so, like, I think ASOS has probably struggled for a while. When we were at uni, ASOS was, like, hot shit. And you it buy was, like, that things. discount code meant so much. Yeah. Your friends that had left uni the year before were coming oh my God, My mum's a lecturer, so she has a uni yeah. email address. And me and my sister would just, like, even yeah. after we'd left uni, we would still it be... It was very so precious. They, made, they only ever had sales. They never just did, like, a random 20% off. And, like... It's madness now because I won't buy, I won't shop on there until there's a twenty percent off because I know there's going to be one around the corner, mm-hmm. so I don't now shop on there until there's that, which is bonkers that I know, like even so, I've mentioned it on here that I'm training for the marathon. I'm not going to buy running shoes before price if I can get twenty percent off on ASOS. Yeah, for sure. Like, <laughs> do you yeah. think that? pricing and this perpetual sale that we see not just at asos but we see at boohoo sky did um warehouse now because they're owned by boohoo um and all these other fast fashion brands are the reason why they're kind of going through a tumultuous time because if we compare it to zara now i don't know zara's financials yeah but from what i've never heard the Zara struggle financially and they never have sales. They have a summer sale and they have a winter sale. And sometimes they they throw things in what they call special prices. But it's mm-hmm. like you, you know they've made it to be They've made too many and they've intentionally done it. And they've intentionally made it so that it's gonna be at a lower price point. But I mean you don't get discount codes there, you don't get birthdays. And really interestingly, they've not joined Klarna. And it's one of the few retail outlets that I've noticed who haven't. And I think that speaks volumes too. Yeah. Because I think that is a symbol of that sort of... And don't get me wrong, like, there are there are high-end brands who use that. But that's also mm-hmm. because they're trying to get people like us to be able to afford them. Yeah. So I think that's quite interesting in Zara's business models that they haven't used that. Um, I think 100% right. I think this discount culture is a part of it. Because... A, like, look at ASOS. I'm not going to buy anything full price from there, ever. So, mm. like, you know, that's that's not great. Why does Nike want to give them their shoes? Because I'm never going to buy them now off Nike's website. I'm only ever going to buy them off ASOS at a mm. discount. And surely that hit, that's it hits Nike or whatever. Like, surely that's an impact when they have to give their figures back. Oh, 98% of our customers only bought it when we had our 20% off day. That's yeah, yeah. never going to come to your website or like, I don't know. Those figures aren't great, are they? Um, and it is, a, it is a race to the bottom when most places are offering sale after sale. after. Like, if it's not on sale at one place, it's on sale somewhere else. And because places like Misguided sell such generic stuff, it's not like you're looking for that Louis Vuitton um, specific pair of trainers that they sell. What are they called? The something lights, you know, with the swerve heel in a particular colorway. And there's a product code and you're Googling that product code because that's the one you want. And you're just trying to find if it's in stock in your size. You're not even trying to look for a discount necessarily. I mean, you might, you might go on pre-sale and whatnot, but it's not like that it's like their stuff is relatively interchangeable and so that's why it's bonkers right a hundred percent so for people who don't know and haven't listened to previous episodes a fast fashion model they very rarely have in-house designers that are designing the generic dresses you Mm. buy these designs from like a catalogue basically from a factory Mm. there's also a very generic like fabric pool that's why you can find the same fabric at like river island as you can find on misguided as you can find on their style like they do have like they don't have unique fabrics to have your own unique fabric is expensive someone creates a floral pattern they buy a bit they buy a bit like that's why we see the same designs the same shapes the same patterns other places so the fact that one place 
hasn't done it as well as the others the only place you can look is management the only place you can look is the business model and also at one point in my opinion they were the top they were bigger than pretty little thing they were bigger than in the style they were bigger than boohoo i knew so many girls that shopped at misguided mm-hmm. and they had like they were they kind of were second to asos and doing that premiere delivery and like they were big on like festival fashion like they did like loads of stuff for halloween they really bought into the the times that they knew that we'd go looking for these fast fashion moments for sure do you think that our attitude towards overconsumption has played any role into this me personally i don't think so i think it's worth broaching the question but i think that we are not nearly as green as we'd like to think we are i don't think we really fundamentally have changed our attitudes to shopping um we've discussed before we as a society we kind of treat luxury fashion like fast fashion so if we're doing that with things that's like a thousand pound a piece i don't really think as a collective we've gotten significantly better and we're in our droves like moving away from fast fashion and that is why we're seeing um collapse in like one of the biggest names in the uk yeah i think that's such a good point i read an article that that was basically implying or someone was implying that they thought that was a reason and i just don't i just Mm. don't think that's a thing i just think that the reality is first of all the cost of living has gone up so much so this is the time for fast fashion to fly if it's gonna you know like even if you have an ethical standpoint like i could like groceries and all food things and heating and electricity like literally essentials in life food warm your house over your head mm-hmm. have gone up so much that if you ever were gonna be like i need that ethical cotton t-shirt it's gonna wait <laughs> it's gonna wait yeah your 50 pound eco t-shirt is gonna wait yeah. um so i don't know if it's that and i think you're right i think we kid ourselves to think you know that we're ethical and like i'm someone who does veganuary in january it's it's a it's a challenge to me and i'm also it's more like i'm aware that the world is moving towards a more vegan lifestyle is that me being you know do i think that's me doing my bit for like the year no it's not i'm not vegan but like some people would kid themselves into thinking that that's them being green or they're doing their bit and i think i think people don't really know their impact or ignorant their impact um i find it very interesting that love island starts tonight as of recording mm-hmm. and like a fast fashion brand has gone under the same sort of season that they've neglected fast or they've pushed away fast fashion but there's no correlation really i think that love island saw the backlash that molly may's been getting for the past year and british fashion council were getting for last fashion season in accepting a fast fashion rip-off brand to show during the week they weren't part of the official calendar but they were kind of loosely tied to british fashion council Um, And anyway, I think that Love Island kind of saw that backlash and they thought it's probably time for us to revamp ourselves. I mean, Love Island have done other things to revamp itself. So I think it's part of that Um, and not not because they saw this coming or it's any way linked to misguided, you know, demise or whatever. Um, I think it's just a coincidence for sure um but i do think what i do think it is is i think that it's a warning Mm. i think it's a warning for fashion um companies in general that you know it was it was as high as it could be at one point and i think it just shows how how fickle the industry is and it's just that reminder alongside you know um uh, alongside (laughs) 
alongside I think I think you can mute it. Alongside the fact that um yeah, Topshop when how many high street stores have had to be bought out by larger conglomerates? Um, I think it just shows how weak, you know, our stores are right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I think it's just a warning for the business model. I think it's I don't I don't know what I would do if I was a brand like in the style right now. Like Pretty Little Things done their thing with Molly May. Like good for them. That's foresight. They've basically got her loyal legion of followers who are going to buy stuff. And mm-hmm. um, in the style has that with loads of different celebs. They've got um, Jack Josser, who won I'm a Celeb a few years ago, who does like a big like thing for more plus size women. They get loads of sort of celebrity like Towie esque people to do a bit of a range. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just shows it can go really fast. Like it goes downhill really quick, and also. Um, I wouldn't mind betting that even Lydia Millen, um, an influencer, does a range for Karen Millen. Yeah. I bet her first one was sort of a sellout. Her second one probably as well. Her third, maybe 90%. Her fourth, 80%. After a while, you're not going to keep buying it because, first of all, that stuff is expensive, but also the it wears off. Yeah, you're not going to continue buying her collections because, from what I see, she's not she's not a designer in the sense that every season she's bringing out something really fresh. The fir- as you said, like the first collection she has, you're buying it maybe to support her or because you want to buy into her look, and then after a while, and then after a while, you are gonna think twice about continuing to buy into her collectionery the novelty wears off the fact that impulse as well so like i try not to have that impulse when it comes to influence select uh collections and you're much better at it but the first one you're a bit like oh i want something i want something this is cool but by sort of the fourth or fifth you're like yeah yeah or you've already got something, and so you're like, I'll, I'll give this one a miss. Mm-hmm. Um, or you start questioning it more and going, do I actually like that? Or, like, I don't know, because I think certain collections and certain things, you can feel that pull of, this is new and I want to be a part of this. Like, think of Yeezys. I don't think they sell out all the time now. Uh, I, I haven't seen reports of that for a long no, time. I don't think Yeezy releases a lot of like in terms of quantity of pieces so i think <laughs> i think they probably do sell out but it's because it's manufactured sell out to some yeah. extent um, but you know what i mean like the first like few it was like everyone was waiting with like bated breath like drop like you know yeah. get yeah. on their website like it was concert tickets and mm. um, and i think after time you're sort of a bit like i'm a bit bored of doing this like these things wear off we're sort of creatures that yeah we just get desensitized to it a little bit mm-hmm. um like i think, I think what's, what's interesting direct really going to do with misguided i don't know but i think what's interested interesting in regards to what's happening with misguided is that we kind of thought that online fashion brands especially the big ones not the not the startup small brands but the big ones were infallible that they don't have the overhead costs of being on the high street. They don't have the overhead costs of like having lots of store staff, um, and all that all that running cost that comes with like brick and mortar. They don't have that. They're simply online, and they don't have like business rates. They, they like have corporation tax and whatnot, and you know get taxed on their profit. But it doesn't. It's not. It's it's not as expensive as say how. Topshop was operating I think we've lived through a period of all of those like big high street names um that we grew up with have all kind of now disappeared they even no longer exist or they've been bought out by other companies bigger ones and just been like dissolved I think this is the first time correct me if I'm wrong that one online fashion brand has been bought by a bigger company 
because it's gone into administration normally it's like okay we brought up the example of warehouse warehouse was a high street store oasis a high street store mm. um and all these other brands and i just see how like if an online only can go under like this what are the other ones that could go under is it the start of um a trend i don't actually know to be honest but yeah it's like a shift isn't it that's a really interesting point because we used to associate it with the high street it used to be the high street struggling the high street's not doing well the high street this the high street that and maybe it's not the high street and maybe it is just fashion is the main business we consume as an everyday person like hairdressers come and go like would we really be that phased if our hairdressers sort of disappeared because they're going to go to a different salon like of course like to their hairdresser i mean i haven't found one so maybe i'm the wrong person to ask or like your optician moves like all of that stuff like those things don't last but also somehow they just have endless like pots of money or whatever these businesses but i feel like fashion is that model where we all are a part of it like meryl streep said whether you like it or not you're part of fashion and i think it's the thing that we most see is not doing well i mean even think like john lewis Mm-hmm. such a household name in my old age that's where i go for most things like i'll look and see like maybe i don't buy it from there but i just kind of know that it's like the asos of homeware yeah you know and all of that stuff and we all want an easy life um so the fact that these websites and these shops aren't doing well where are you getting your stuff from china Amazon, like, where, where are people buying stuff from? I think maybe people are just buying into smaller brands. Or what's going to happen, what's going to happen, I think, is that we are just going to be buying from the same three companies. There'll be lots of brands in existence, but they'll all be owned by mm. the same conglomerate. Like, Which is really like, dangerous. It is. I mean, we see it with the newspaper and news industry it's all owned by like two rich guys you know um we see it in luxury fashion already where we have lvmh and caring and then we have um capri sun capri holdings or something which is like michael kors and then prada group and i think they're probably the the biggest four that own like all the biggest names in fashion um and so we've already that's already been going on for a couple decades now and they've all just like not banded together they've all been bought out to make their conglomerate even stronger so they can all weather the storm together and enjoy the highs together and i think all of that consolidation is now happening at like a lower level of fashion perhaps as you said like you've worked for brands that no longer in existence um that there are lots of high street brands that have gone over and been bought and maybe it's the same fate Mm. yeah you know what this makes me think of and like weird link but the last night i watched the like i am i am father or i am your father or whatever the thing from um netflix where it's basically about the gynecologist birth specialist yeah and it's like it's harmful the fact that he is, you know, created that many children in a 25 mile radius. But I actually think this can be used for fashion. It is so harmful if the same company owns all of it. Like that is not appropriate and that is, doesn't work well for our ecosystem. That doesn't work well for our economy. Like we thrive if there are many people involved. Um, and, you know, humanity too. You don't want to assess incestuous relationships like yeah fashion there needs to be more people in the game and mm-hmm. i don't know how we create a better business model and i think i think that's what this says to me the business model for fashion is hard someone needs to help these companies out mm-hmm. and i don't know who that person is because maybe no one's got the perfect model because like you said like lvmh has bought out loads of companies and they rest on the laurels of louis v Mm-hmm. Um, the Prada group has like rescued people like things whatever mm-hmm. and like Chanel like let's be honest like that's not a business model it's just 
the biggest success story you know mm -hmm. and I don't know it's really tough like how how do you create a safer world for fashion brands well the idea in like our economy is that we're not supposed to have monopolies like that is kind of we're all aware that that can bring about some really dangerous practices and when when you were talking I was thinking about the report that came out one or two years ago in regards to boohoo and the fact that in the UK you know slave labor basically underpaying people was happening and very often we think oh that's something that happens in countries in you know Asia or you know other places in the world where maybe labor laws aren't as strong well no we realize that was happening in our own backyard where we'd like to think you know workers have some sort of like rights and it makes me think that if the same one fast fashion brand owns you know the top seven biggest most successful fashion brands there are then all those people who work and create these garments are going to have less strength and less buying power to kind of advocate for themselves and and demand better working conditions and demand better pay because it's like I can't leave this job because who else is going to employ me I'm just going to go what go to a different brand that's owned by the same people and expect the same treatment so I think this like monopolies in general is really dangerous and I think if we want like a, a fashion industry that's going to thrive we have to encourage small brands, larger brands, middle-sized brands, all owned by different people, different types of people from across the country and not just, like, oh, concentrated in, like, the Midlands. Um, but, yeah, and it also makes me think about Misguided as a, as a British company. Um, there's a lot of, like... Big name British brands like Burberry, Alexander McQueen and whatnot. And they're not as big or as like popular or like in the, in the fashion zeitgeist as like Gucci or like LV or, you know, Prada. And it makes me think like, is this the sort of, I don't know, is this a good legacy for like British, British fashion in general? It, that's really interesting actually that you said like we even we've we took Burberry production offshore but we have to our name fast fashion and it's here in Leicester still and it gets manufactured like that's not our British legis like legacy like come on we are so we used to be known for such innovative and such amazing production of quality garments mm -hmm. and we just kind of have like I don't know, just joined this fast money, quick turnaround thing. And I think it's funny because you can't do that with cars. You can't do that with other things. I mean, I bet they wish they could, but they're not safe. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. It's That's like, that's really sad, isn't it? It's the British legacy, just some terrible fast fashion. I know. No! We have like heritage and we... Like, you know, we've got amazing stuff, but it's all left offshore, but it's all, yeah. The thing is that Mr. Sports Direct, Mr. Sports Direct, Ashley something, something Ashley, you know who I'm talking about, him. Um, he's just like buying up everything and... I don't know, as long as he's... How is Sports Direct still going? <laughs> you know what? I've got some gym shorts on right now that I bought from... Like, trust me, I've bought stuff from there. But again, like, I'd bought stuff from Misguided before for Halloween. I've bought stuff from Topshop. That doesn't exist. How is Sports Direct still going? Well, he's a crook, isn't he? So... <laughs> well, I don't know what sort of financial practices are going on over there, but I'm, I know for sure they're dodgy. I don't know, but I don't think really, and this sounds really depressing, I don't really think that we're anywhere close to reviving British fashion legacy. It's 
you know, when you think of British fashion, yeah, we can think of Burberry and we can think of Savile Row and all of that stuff, but very few people have the privilege to afford things at Savile Row. Um, Burberry sells a lot of stuff in outlet, (laughs) you know, Um, and it's not... You know, when you think of, like, heritage, I think especially British heritage, it can feel very exclusionary and dated. And it's not to say that I don't love these, like, these brands and, like, Savile Row, the craftsmanship of Savile Row and stuff, but it's not something that is going to connect with a lot of people, you know? People, it's not the first thing that people are going to be like, that's what I'm going to buy when I... Um, make a bit more money when I get that promotion or whatever Mm. you know people nowadays for the most part all we can do is afford fast fashion and as you said right at the beginning it says something when even those brands aren't doing well yeah it's worrying isn't it it's I don't know what we do and like, don't get me wrong, I don't think their business model is great because yeah. it's monopolising off of not paying people well and not charging much for clothes. Like, none of that is great. Yeah. Um, and that's not a long-term... Like, I'm a big believer, if you start a company, you're playing the long game, right? Mm-hmm. You might not get that many customers through your door on the first day if you price fairly and pay people fairly and all of that stuff. But maybe in a hundred years, it's still there and it means something because you did it right from the start. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you cut corners, this is like a lesson my dad taught me when he used to be in business. Is like you don't want to do something for a quick a quick buck. You don't want to mm-hmm. do something for a quick few quid because then they're not going to come back because they're going to at some point realise that you pulled the wool over their eyes. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. you want to be fair. And in the end, that pays off because they come back to you because they know that you were fair and like, la, 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 la. And so I think these companies are just like greedy. And so at yeah, some point, yeah. and they probably don't pay their staff well, let's be honest, it's fashion. Yeah. So like, you know, but they should really value their customers. Like, that's what's really pissed me off in all of this. It, like, granted, I've been treated like shit as a staff member in a fashion company. But mm. if I bought something from your website, I don't care if you've got under. If you've taken my money, I want my product. Or your refund. Or a refund. It's as simple as. And, like, keep someone in the accounts department so they give it to me. Like, it's not that hard, surely. No, because their money's dis- their money's gone out of place other places um i think what your dad said is really admirable and honorable and i think it's the right way to do things especially when you're more of like a small to medium business i think that like the way you treat your customers is far more personal and really does require that level of integrity the problem is that when you are so massive even that even the fact that this has happened to a lot of customers and they won't get the product and they might not get the money back unless they paid through credit card or like paypal or something like that those who either didn't buy from misguided if if misguided was then to make a big comeback they're probably still going to buy into the brand because they weren't affected personally and they're not going to feel yeah. that they're not going to feel begrudged by this company and they oh fuck them i'm not spending my money with them ever again they're not going to feel that so these big companies have far more scope of making a really good comeback and there's a lot of customers out there who will forget they will forget the poor treatment of workers and the underpaying of people and the massive deforestation and all of that and it like i don't say that to be like an absolute saint to be facetious (laughs) yeah it's like i buy fast fashion and i think all safely say everyone most most people can do like a like an ignorance thing like oh it's not that bad i'm just gonna pretend like it's not that bad it's only one or two things (laughs) you continue to buy into it because 
this it's because I can't afford the other stuff like we have an excuse yeah you make excuses for yourself don't you so but we buy free range eggs right because we decided that's the right thing to do yeah and at some point there was a universal we buy free range eggs because otherwise it's cruel Mm. and so that has to happen in this setting too we all have to decide that like underpaid workers isn't cool yeah (laughs) yeah free range clothing (laughs) trademark you heard it here first (laughs) i don't know i think it's i think fast fashion is here to stay for for a long time for sure because like you said we treat we treat luxury fashion like fast fashion so it's not going anywhere because we're almost just oh yeah 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 wow yeah really interesting about what do you think's next (laughs) oh um who do i think is next What about like House of CB? Now they're not like fast, fast fashion, but I haven't mm-hmm. heard them about them in a while. Yeah. And I knew they did this big push. Does Lipsy like, still exist? Huh? Lipsy. Yes. Yeah, like, do. do they? Yeah, they do. They're still on the high street. Okay. How? You know? Some brands are just like cockroaches. In <laughs> it's like. <laughs> and Summers. <laughs> There are some people who love a bit of Anne Summers. Um, It's like, oh yeah, I know. The censor that went, that went. Huh? The censor that went, right? Yeah, yeah. And Pathetus own that. I don't. Like the the dragon. (laughs) I'm sure Theo Pathetus owned like owned the censor. Probably. Because he was the But I think the difference is like it also depends who owns stuff, right? To know if like the financial backing is there for this stuff or they've got the in to be able to rescue it in the first place. That's true. And it is down to their business practices as an individual company to see if they're gonna survive or not. Um ASOS could be next. I hope not. Where else are we going to shop? No, but um, in all honesty... They're not doing well. So. Zalando, Zalando has risen as Europe's biggest... I think, they, I think they've outpaced ASOS, to be honest. And they have... I think they have a lot more brands on there. I could be wrong, but from what I can tell, Zalando has had like this meteoric rise in the past five years. And... Yes... So should that maybe be our poll? Our listeners should predict. Yeah. Who's next? This is a poll. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, I think we're going to see more come out in terms of fast fashion this year. Will our attitudes towards it change? Will it affect its financial? Are we going to see just a lot of companies that we thought were doing well actually suffer because of like the rising cost of living at the moment mm. spending their money like well, that, that that affects them too right that means that their warehouse you know that goes up if they're paying yeah. rent or if they don't own it which i doubt many people do no. um that means that factory workers the wage is going to go up like it it all goes up but we mm. all still want to buy a dress for five quid mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. we might see a really big misguided sale. Remember when you had that one pence, one penny sale? Was that misguided or was that boohoo? That was boohoo. It might misgu- it might be misguided. Misguided for sure was like up there. Yeah. Well, I do have a holiday soon. So <laughs> fingers crossed for the penny sale. <laughs> yeah. Spend a pound on like ten items and none of them fit properly. <laughs> Well, the crotch is missing. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Anyway, that will be our poll for this week. That's our poll.
thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Style Over Substance, guys. Don't forget to check out our Instagram or Spotify to respond to this week's poll. Bye. Bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 